Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yes, the final hour is here, Friday edition. Almost as we made it to the finish line, Hutton. Are Almost made it. For Super Bowl 57 in two days between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Glad you're with us. Hutton Withrow with you. Joined on set by Chase Winovich, defensive end for the Cleveland Browns. Chase, good to see you, man. Great to be seen. Great to see you. During the draft, I don't know why I remember this, but there was some debate about if it was Vinovich or Winovich. Yeah, I get uh, that debate. Sometimes there's a referee with the last name Vinovich. Okay. So Bill would, Vinovich, right? Yeah, that's Bill the, Yeah, that's the referee. Yep, yep, yep. And so, I, you know, I went to the Browns, and I was like, I was like, guys, don't worry. Like, this is my cousin. You know, Serbians are going to look after each other. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said what's up to him before the game. He, unfortunately, he threw a couple flags that, uh, you know, I, I didn't really appreciate. But, you know, he's, he's still family. He's still family. You know, I still love the guy. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a funny story. But, yeah. Chad, you're a big fan of uh, his Instagram account, apparently, with the way well, it's, uh, 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 his handle. So he changed it to Chase Winovich on Instagram. But I was looking up his Twitter mm -hmm. to tweet out he was going to be joining us. And it's just Winno, at uh, W-I-N-O. And I'm thinking if you can get any handle on social media that is four letters, you have done something right. So either you got in on the very beginning of Twitter or um, no chance of you that. just got very lucky in, in, in some way when you got that account. Uh, but you said people get confused by it somehow, right? Yeah, so people, they go, you know, it was Wino, or they would go Wino when it was on Instagram. And, like, I'm like, how do you say my last name, man? And they're like, oh, Winovich. So I'm like, how would you, like, extrapolate that into into wino it just didn't make any sense to me, you so. take the first part of the name yeah, yeah and you yeah. say it the same way exactly, as, yeah exactly. that, uh, why is it all of a sudden different it's not you that and then, like they're like so puzzled by that like wow you're right you know yeah. but. chase winovich our guest uh, as we kick off hour number three still to come uh nate burleson and brian Erlacher uh this hour chase um explain how growing up as an ohio state buckeye fan you end up at michigan even though the buckeyes offered you the scholarship yeah, so Ohio State actually offered me the scholarship first, and I took a visit there, and, you know, well, Michigan called me the next day after Ohio State offered, and for my first impression, you know, candidly, was day too late, dollar too short. Mm -hmm. And I took a visit to Ohio State, Michigan, and Pitt. Those are my final three. And I was sitting there in Urban Meyer's office, and, you know, a family member of his, you know, came in and was saying, oh, it was so nice to meet your family. Uh, you know, it was, it was so great talking to them. However, the visit that I was on previously, you know, she didn't really, sorry, excuse me, this individual really didn't say much to my family. So I just left there and uh, saying like, you know, she said these things, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, I remember it being noted that it was like, you know, I hadn't had a scholarship offer and there wasn't really much, uh, you know, conversation going down. And, um, you know, just like I said, didn't sit right with me. However, I, I went up to Michigan and, 
it was a it was a different vibe. And Taylor Lewan, Jake Ryan, yeah. it took myself and my uh, my friend of you know a friend of mine, one of my best friends, Zach, on uh, mopeds around town. And uh, we just we, we had a good time. And Taylor Lewan's got to be a great recruiter, by the way. They're excellent recruiters. You know, so, excellent salesmen and. Ultimately, uh, you know, they were being genuine. You know, it's like that's that's the the aspect that you know I like the good and the bad, uh, what to expect, and uh, you know I'm really happy I made that decision for sure. So, what was it like playing Ohio State, growing up a Buckeyes fan, but playing for the team up north, as they call ever they reference Michigan? Okay, two things. One, I never beat Ohio State. You know, I, some people shy away from that fact. Some people like you know if you look at my comments when I post about Michigan or Ohio State, yeah, like they they love bringing that up. However, I say this, you know, Ohio State was, is obviously a great team, great program. They've had a good run. But I, I was saying, like, listen, we're there to loosen the jaw, right? That's what I, you know, I was. I was there to win. However, yeah. like, ultimately, that's what we accomplished. And you see the, la- the results. It's been, <laughs> what, 1,200 days since they beat us? Now the jar is, you know, so easy to open. It's, it's already open. Got, it's popped up. The, like the pickle like, jar loose. Yeah. Exactly. You're good to go now. Um, by the way, this is causing a lot of confusing feelings for Tyler Castle, our producer, because he's a diehard Ohio State fan from the Cleveland area, and he's a diehard Cleveland Browns fan also. So a little bit of both when it comes to you. Does it make you hate Ohio State more, given your affiliation with them and being a fan as a kid, now that you go against them, especially having not beaten them? Does Does that inspire more hatred of Ohio State? I think there's two things. One, when you don't forgive, it's your burden to hold. You know, it's, it, it affects my energy, my being. And so, yeah, I, I've kind of moved on in a way. It's, it, I have more fun with it than I do, like, personal, like, animosity. However, you know, it's like they, they, they tried. They tried to bait me, you know, this whole time. And it's like when you think about the game, right, there's a, there a play where, I, you know, I, I look out before the, the play and I see this guy. Uh, they call him, like, the buck nut, right? He's, like, a diehard fan, pants, pants yeah. his face or whatever. Exactly who you're had, talking he, about. He had my, uh, what I assume to be my head, this long blonde hair and this Michigan helmet around a noose, and he's banging it over the side of the stadium. And I look over, and I was, like, fired up at that point. So I got, like, a TFL on the next play, and I look right at him. And I was like, what now, buck nut? You know, <laughs> uh, what, uh, yeah, so it's like, yeah, there's lots of reasons to uh, – the whole animosity of my heart. However, you know, I, I love being in Ohio. I have a, I am a homeowner, got my first house there. My dog and I uh, reside there happily, love the place. And uh, so go blue, go Browns. You know, it's like some people can't get over that or, you know, can't, can't allow that sort of combination to exist. But you know, I make it work. Jim Harbaugh seems weird, but he seems genuinely weird. It seems like he is always being his authentic self when he talks into a mic, when he's ever out in public. Am I getting the right vibe with, with Jim Harbaugh and what it's like to play for him? In my culture, we call this based. You know, when, some, when an individual, for better or worse, does things that, like, is just true to them. It's just how they operate, and it's like, you know, people may critique or may, they may say, like, no, I like doing it this way. But you look at society and people, like, you know, a good friend of mine, he eats raw, like, he's, uh, he eats raw meat, runs an account called Raw Meat Experiment. It's, it's wild, you know, not my cup of tea. But he's, he's on, like, day 350 of eating raw meat, and, like, he's, like, a philosopher. However, uh, you know, it's, like, to the, the normal person, like, raw meat that's like disgusting you know it's like or it could get you sick it could get depending you, on what yeah, you're eating it could get you sick like they're, 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 they're liver king your friends with liver no somebody else somebody <laughs> no. else somebody else but it's like <laughs> you know when, when you see that it's like you know like people are like oh that's so disgusting and then they'll go to chick-fil-a and you know grab this like you know a chicken sandwich like <laughs> uh, it's just like they're like uh you know a lot of people are like you know chihuahuas in that regard but uh yeah so it's just it's just funny man people are always gonna have an opinion uh i'd say the best thing to do is be yourself and uh and just have fun with it is Miles Garrett the most athletic uh, player that you've been on a roster with? 
That's a great question. I don't know if I would say he's the most athletic. I will say that he is the, and he's excellent in games, right? I will say, though, in practice, I mean, I've never seen somebody not lose so, or lose so little. Like, mm. he really, like, it's rare to see him lose a rep at anything. Like, even just, like, a normal practice rep. Like, in terms of, like, that specifically, it's, it's truly remarkable. He's a great player, a uh, good friend of mine, and, uh, yeah, I can't sing his praises loud enough. What's the transition like when you go from college football, Big Ten at Michigan, under Jim Harbaugh, to Bill Belichick as your, as your next coach? How, how stark is that contrast between the two? So Jim Harbaugh had a quote. When you compare, it's one of my favorites. When you compare two things, you always have less. So it's like, you know, uh, the, the actual experience itself, yeah, it's different. But, you're, you know, you're talking NFL, right? You're, yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a different culture. It's a different vibe. You, you know, guys are there. You know, it's a career. It's not a common doing. NFL environment, you know, is why I ask it when you think yeah, about the sure, Patriots. Sure, it's, it's definitely different. And, they, you know, the Patriot way is a, is a real thing. Um, I got nothing but respect for the for the Patriots. I got nothing but respect for Bill. Um, you know, it's it's different. But I think at the same time, though, uh, the NFL is different than college. So, how crazy was it behind the scenes with Deshaun Watson and waiting on the the suspension to uh, resolve itself and just waiting to find out if it was going to happen or not as the season was getting ready to start. I think there's all any season of football, right? There's going to be you know all sorts of things that happen, you know, maybe that that don't quite make sense to you, or like you you know maybe left in the dark a little bit about, um, you know. But however, it's it's out of my hands, so mm-hmm. I just like you know try to stick to what I could do, it could, you know, focus on what I could control. Uh, you know, I, I, I like play with the shot. I think he's a great teammate, and uh, yeah, I, I just like I said, all that stuff's going to sort itself out. I think the truth is the truth is the truth. Three sides to every story, his, hers, are the truth. And, uh, you know, ultimately two grand juries, you know, decided that they, did. That they were yeah. going to press charges. So, you know, like however that shapes up, uh, you know, not my, not my responsibility. I have a job to do, and uh, that's it. So, Why did you cut the hair? So, funny story, right? You guys want to hear, I, I assume? Of course. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. We're, we're here for the funny stories, yeah. Amen, amen. I guess that's why I'm here yeah. as well. So I was up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and it was just a normal night. People always go, you know, were you on some sort of drug or something? And I'm like, no, it was just a normal night. I was just going to bed. You weren't hanging out with Aaron Rodgers (laughs) with ayahuasca. (laughs) Right. I I was not hanging out with him that night. I never never met him before. uh, And I had a dream, right? It was like, you need to cut your hair now. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's more complicated than that, more like the hero's journey. Like, you know, it was like a journey of my, or a chapter of my story came to a conclusion. And so after seven years, I just woke up in the morning after having a dream. And I, uh, I called my mom up. I'm like, hey, mom, I'm going to go cut my hair. And she was a little taken aback, but she's like, I'm sure it's going to look great. You know, send me a picture once it's done. And, uh, you know, funny enough, going to the facilities two days later, right, weird timing. And I'm like, I'm gonna show them I've been working out, you know, I've been, been, uh, you know, working on my diet and just like, just, just clean, ready to, ready to go. And uh, they call me into the office. You know, the Grim Reaper comes and gets me. And I was like, okay, let's see what's going on here. And Bill sits me down and he's just like, you know, we're trading you to the Browns. And at first, I, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I immediately thought it was like, cause the haircut. I was like, Bill, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just hair, bro. It's like, <laughs> I was like, it's gonna grow back, man. It's not that serious, like, you know, it's like. Uh, but uh, like I said, it, it ultimately works out, and uh, you know, it's like I said, much love to to those guys, and uh, yeah, I've just I've just enjoyed the process. Who do you pick on Sunday to win? Great question. I'm, it's tough to say. I I want to say the Chiefs. Eagles got a good team. 
they're uh, they're definitely something to be said for uh, you know people talk about like you know I've heard coaches say like momentum isn't a thing like mm. you know it's like the playoffs are a different season well you know uh, the Eagles have been hot and they they clearly figured something out that I think when you look at you know a, a team is a is a as a macro level individuals are a micro level just like an individual person you look at like Aaron Donald for example who I consider one of you know if not the best pass rusher in the NFL people like you know, why is he so good? Why can he not be stopped? When you have an individual that is like kind of an enigma, it's like you don't really know like why, almost, you could say he's strong or fast or whatever, but it's like you don't really know like why he's so much better than everybody else. It's like, uh, I feel like the Eagles to a certain degree are kind of like that as well. It's like, you know, like why are they just so good? Like you could say it's certain things, but it's like ultimately uh, I think the best the best teams and things are. And, and uh, so, yeah. In conclusion, I actually think the Eagles are going to win. Same. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some prop bets as well a little bit later this hour. Uh, you can follow Chase Winovich at Wino on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. That's where you can find him. Good to meet you, man. Yeah, great to meet you yeah, as well. Thanks for swinging by. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chase Winovich has been our guest. Coming up, we have uh, a conversation with Brian Erlacher, but just on the other side, Nate Burleson joins us here on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on with the analyst, studio analyst for the NFL on CBS and the co-anchor of CBS Mornings, Nate Burleson, with us on the show. Good to see you, man. Good to see you too, man. How you doing? Great. Uh, if we pulled up your schedule. Yeah. What when, would it look like? When do you find time for Nate? I don't during the season, that's for sure. Uh, 4 a.m. wake up every single day. Um, and if I'm not shooting a piece or traveling somewhere, covering a story, I'll have a little bit of time to myself when I get home, which is usually lunchtime for me to date my wife. And then I'm making my boys' games, varsity football and basketball, and then my daughter's events. Um, Saturday is my only day off. Okay. Sunday, back at it. We have NFL today. Tuesday, two days, um, Tuesdays, I'm doubling down doing the morning show and also Nickelodeon Slime Time. Um, so I, I look at the season, as crazy as it sounds, and I heard this from a coach a long time ago. Um, imagine the chaos being like on a ship and the, and the waves are rocky. Just look at land. We were having a rough season playing for the Minnesota Vikings. He said, you know, don't focus on the waves crashing up against the boat. Listen to your captain and look at land. The land will never move. So for me, 
land is two days after the Super Bowl. That's all I've been thinking about since August. I'm not saying I don't enjoy the moment. Yeah, of course. I don't, I don't, but the only way that I can focus on each day and give the effort that I give, which in the morning news space, you're studying 24-7. You know, you go to sleep with notes about what has happened in the world, and then you wake up and the world is on fire, and you're scrapping the entire show. All the while, I have to stay in tune with what's going on in the NFL, every storyline. Um, and I remember when I, when I first started working in the morning news, shout out to Drew Kaliski, um, super producer for NFL Today. He was just talking about season. How you feeling? You know, you ready to go? Are you excited? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like awkwardly hesitating to ask me a question. And I'm like, what's up, man? Speak your piece. And he's like, do you know what's going on in the NFL? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, do you know who plays for what teams and who's been traded where? I'm like, yeah, bro. What do you think? I'm living under a rock. <laughs> and this is my job. I'm studying just like anything else. So it's a lot of work. You guys know this. People might not know. They listen and they watch and they consume the information that we give them. But there's a lot of preparation that goes into this, this thing we call TV. It's amazing, too. And what I'm going to say is, is a compliment, even if it doesn't kind of start out that way. A lot of ex-pro athletes in media at times can rightfully get the rap that maybe they don't want to work at, as hard at that as they did as an athlete, yeah. right? And they take, take time off. They may not be as reliable at times. That is clearly not the case with you. Oh, uh, no. You are not afraid to work. And you carried that over in, into this profession. For sure. Is this something you had your eye on? I know you did the NFL media boot camp. Yep. Is this something you always had your eye on while you were playing? So I was drafted in 2003. The first time I stepped foot inside an NFL Network studio was 2003. I went back every year, flew myself to L.A., um, rubbed shoulders with executives. Oftentimes they didn't put me on TV. Sometimes they did. I wasn't a huge name. So sometimes I was on some small show late at night. Um, but I wanted to see if I, one, enjoyed the space. Um, and then after that, with every team I played for, I did radio and TV with them and even local news. And this was all leading up to the broadcast boot camp. So when I retired, I had a few opportunities. They weren't beating down my door. I didn't win a Super Bowl. I wasn't playing for a major market team. And when the NFL came, they basically said, we will hire you on a day count, which means at any point we can fire you if we don't like the product. And I took the opportunity as a challenge. I wasn't making a lot of money, so I emptied the bag. Everything that the NFL offered, I did. Digital, pregame, postgame. I started paying attention to what the hosts were doing. Tailgate experience, halftime shows. When somebody was out, I wanted to learn what other people did well. So when somebody couldn't make it um, or got sick, they can call me. And there were growing pains. I wasn't good at everything, but I learned. And then Good Morning Football came along where I had to uproot my family after a comfortable retirement where we were living to New York, which sounded crazy, to start a morning show, which the success rate is like opening a restaurant, 80% mm -hmm. failure rate. And they basically were saying, these are network execs saying, you'll probably be gone for 18 months. So I wouldn't sell your home where you're at. I would rent, and then let's see how this goes. But I looked at it as an opportunity. How often does a player have a chance to host a show? even though it is football. Three hours of live TV. I'm gonna talk about reps, getting reps, learning how to fail on the fly. That was kind of the introduction into the space I'm in now. And once I got my footing in that show, started to do entertainment with extra. And then from there, I would work my way to the other side of the CBS building and tap dance over there. And you know, it's funny, we had a conversation about an opening schedule one time and we're doing digital for CBS News. And I was like, this is my opportunity to impress them. And not necessarily impress them in a way that was inauthentic. 
um, show them that I'm interested in more things than just sports. So during the breaks in between the takes, I just started drumming up conversation about things I'm genuinely interested in. I, I love finance. I've been helping guys invest their money since I played in the league. I've started a few different clothing lines. I write poetry often. Um, fascinated with the, the, the idea of politics intersecting with sports. And I was just having these casual conversations with the host and anybody who was listening. And what I was always taught back in 03 was the microphone's always on. Somebody's always listening. And when I walked away, I got the, hey, why don't you come back and, and chat with us? And, and we don't have to talk football. Yeah. That's because they just had conversations with me about investments and cryptocurrency and making, creating ladders of income as you get 50 and 60 and 70 years old. They were like, okay, this guy is much more than a football player. Now, with all that said, that's all fine and dandy. You get the call to do morning news, all that's out the door. Now it's a complete new fan base. Who's this guy? <laughs> Nate Burleson? Talking about the one dude from the one show? Yeah, they don't care that yeah, you they, played they in the NFL. They don't care, and they don't know about my side ventures or businesses or investments or my interest in all these spaces. They don't care that what we're talking about. And I'm about sure are, those viewers can be more brutal than oh the NFL viewers. goodness. I, listen, my first couple of months, I thought to myself, give me the, the, the guys on Twitter that are barking at me in their drawers from their mama's basement. I want that guy back. The guy that's like, Nate, you're an idiot. Yeah. If you think Russell Wilson is comparable to Aaron Rodgers, you knucklehead. I'd rather have that guy because in news, what I've learned is most of the time you believe what you want to believe. You are not going to convince a viewer yeah. one way or the other, which is why we try to stay as impartial as possible. I'm just here to deliver the news. I have a front row seat. Here's what happened. I'll let you do with that what you will. We grew up in the same era. He's in the TRL studio, right? Yeah, yeah. facts. Which That's is crazy. awesome. That's Which cool. Is crazy. And I walked in there, and that was me. I was yeah. like, damn, so you telling me Nelly with the Band-Aid was here? You're telling <laughs> yeah. me they was, they was dropping. Britney Spears performed Britney right Spears here? Right yeah. here. And then Lip Biscuit followed. Yeah. Lip yeah. Biscuit followed. <laughs> was that you know, the sync set? You're talking, that was also, you're talking yeah. Kurt Loader breaking news was yeah, right here. That's right, man. Uh, but, yeah, no, the TRL set is pretty dope, man, just to be there. I mean, we're in Times Square. It's wild. I wake up at 4 a.m., I get there. And it's still dark outside, and there's people coming back from the club. And I'm going in to get ready to deliver world news on this balloon that's flying over Montana. It's, it's a different life. Speaking of the club, <laughs> yeah. Crown Royal. Okay. You're here on behalf of Crown Royal. Did you like that segue? Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. See, you're yeah. a professional. Yeah. Third quarter? a long time. Not Third my first quarter? rodeo. <laughs> Third quarter, right. we have a, a, a great Super Bowl ad. Dave Grohl, the iconic Dave Grohl, will be featured in it. And Crown Royal is doing something special. They're showing gratitude. You know, Super Bowl, usually there's a brand that's like, you know what, we're going to spend a lot of money to tell you how great we are. Crown Royal is doing something different. They're spending a lot of money to tell Canada how great it is. I mean, I'm Canadian. Crown Royal mm. is too. So they have this awesome ad with all these things Canadian. And it's Dave Grohl doing this deep appreciation for 60 seconds about what Crown Royal is saying to the people, saying thank you, showing gratitude to some of the unsung heroes. The last couple of years have been crazy. There's a lot of people that got us through that don't necessarily get a pat on the back. It's funny how once we got back to normal, which is what we were praying for, man, let's just get over the hump. Let's get back outside. Let's start living life. Then we forget about the people that were really holding us down. Um, and Crown Royal is saying thank you to those people, showing some gratitude to those people. And I think that's just a fire concept. And I'm that guy. Like, I'm always a passing forward dude, man. I'm, I'm blessed beyond measure. And if you're telling me there's something that has to do with giving and showing gratitude and thanking someone, especially Canada, which means something to me, um, I wanted to get involved. So stay tuned for the Crown Royal ad. You know, it's official whiskey partner of the NFL. So it's all tied in, man. And on top of that, on ice, it tastes good. Drink responsibly, by the way. 
Congrats. Nate, thank you so much. Congrats on all the success. Enjoy uh, next week when you get some time off. I appreciate that, no doubt. Hey, you guys need to ask me about Rihanna. The I countdown, Rihanna the countdown is on. First song. Oh, uh, some, I don't know. Might, be, might go work, 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 work. Right? Just get the crowd going. What do you think? I, I think, mean, the the odds are uh, crazy. I mean, oh, don't. Yeah, you might be. I right. think you got to come out of the gates hot with the, the, the top, hot, the right? top hit. With, but I feel like at the Super know, Bowl, right? that they can mouth and. I feel like a lot of times the Super Bowl, like, they start with something of maybe a little lesser known, and then roll into the second oh, song, into yeah. the biggest hit. Might be trying to sometimes. drop a new single on us. Yeah. We'll hey, see. but listen, who do, who do you, I think she's bringing somebody out. I say Drake or Jay Z. Remember, I said that. I'm not saying she said that to me. I think Eminem could be back too. What? Since they've they've I done a song about together that. before. How yeah. about all three of them? Could be. But they were there last year, right? So, so Eminem, Eminem was there yeah, with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So who knows? Hey man, appreciate Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Nate. Nate. Thank you so this much. Is great, man. Appreciate you. you guys yep. have a good Nate one. Burleson uh, has been our guest here on Outkick 360. Great guy, and man, he stays busy. Chad, very impressive. Uh, that that's the takeaway for me. Not just schedule that you ask him about Hutton and what he goes through with that and how he marks that Tuesday after the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. as the sort of you get the line of delineation yeah. to move into the next phase of his year that's a little less crowded yeah. with all he does with NFL and the CBS morning show. Really just interesting guy. I mean, when he starts going, the different things that interest him, the fact that and I said it not to be a knock at ex-athletes, but right. it's just true. You're right. We know plenty of former athletes that the knock would be they worked really hard in sports, and once they leave that, that's their first true passion in life is playing professional sports. So their next venture, they never quite work as hard at, and they're not as reliable as they were as professional athletes. He blows that stereotype out of the water with his work ethic and all that he's been able to do and all of his different interests. So really enjoyed that conversation. Dude is super talented. I'm sure people saw that right away, but his story of working and doing whatever, you know, on digital, on different shows, talking about the NFL, it's incredible how it built into, he is a co-host with Gail King on the CBS morning show. Now it's just, it's crazy to think about that ascension with him in media He's one of the most interesting people in all of all of media. Maybe not just sports well, media. He's taken the Strahan approach yeah. to things. Well, I think of him, uh, Strahan, Pat McAfee. As, yeah, but I'm thinking like the national news Right, coverage. right. Yeah, he's on Good Morning America. I know what you're saying. But those three guys yeah. are just very interesting to me in, in their path and how they've gone about, about doing it. Um, really impressive dude. NFL honors took place last night here in Phoenix with uh, the MVP award going to Patrick Mahomes, 48 of a possible 50 first-place votes. Went to the player who has now passed for 5,000 yards in a single season twice in a career, joining um, just uh, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees to accomplish that feat. Um, Also, the AP Coach of the Year, Brian Dayball, no surprise there. No surprise that Nick Bosa is your Defensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson. I like the way the vote went. It didn't go to another quarterback. And the last time that Mahomes won MVP, he was also Offensive Player of the Year. It's a quarterback award now. Offensive Player of the Year should go to one of the skill positions. I don't think you should be allowed to win multiple awards. I think if you win one award, you're just not going to win the other one. I, I don't like – I know that happened in the past, but I don't yeah. like the MVP also winning Offensive Player of the Year. I think that should automatically go to someone different. MVP trumps 
Offensive Player of the Year, so you're not winning both. If you win MVP, you're the MVP. So I like that Justin Jefferson was too. Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, phenomenal season for him. Bosa, I mean, it all made perfect sense. Yeah. The, the Brian Dayball part of it, I mean, I, I could certainly argue for other guys. Nick Sariani, one of them. That's here in the Super Bowl right now with what he's done Dayball, in, though, was in con- quick time. Straight out of the gate, though, they were, what, 6-2 and two or something? I you, mean, they- We are often a prisoner of expectation. Yes. And expectation yep. can be a you-know-what if the expectations are high and you don't come close to reaching it. But when you have zero expectations, like that New York Giants team, You're right. that he was complaining about not having enough healthy bodies in camp to conduct a practice for a while – that is when you blow those expectations out of the water, you win awards like this. So often, a coach of the year goes to the biggest pleasant surprise of the season. That was the Giants with Dayball, so I get it. You could also always make the flip side argument of it's the coach of the best team. And the Eagles were the best team, start to finish in the NFL. Well, and uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, and moment of the night, went to uh, DeMar Hamlin, who was on stage with the first responders who saved his life. Here's part of his message. First, I would like to just thank God for even being here. Every day, I am amazed that my experiences could encourage so many others across the country and even across the world. Encourage to pray, encourage to spread love, and encouraged to keep fighting no matter the circumstances. Sudden cardiac arrest was nothing I would have ever chosen to be a part of my story, but that's because sometimes our own visions are too small even when we think we are seeing the bigger picture. My vision was about playing in the NFL and being the best player that I could be, but God's plan was to have a purpose greater than any game in this world. My entire life, I felt like God was using me to give others hope. And now with a new set of circumstances, I can only say he's doing what he's always done. I have a long journey ahead, a journey full of unknowns and a journey full of milestones. But it's a lot easier to face your fears when you know your purpose. My third night awake in the hospital, I met an ICU doctor. His name was Yusuf. He told me he had a similar experience. He, t- he showed me he was okay. And that meant so much to me. There was, so, there was so much uncertainty at the time, and just him coming to me, showing that I could live a normal life again, it meant so much to me in the moment. So I want to give a big thank you to him, and a special thank you to everyone on this stage for everything they did for me. And thank you everyone around the country and around the world who prayed for me and hoped for me. The journey will continue. There's DeMar Hamlin with a a great moment last night on stage here in Phoenix. Pro Football Hall of Fame class also announced with Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, uh, DeMarcus Ware, Rondé Barber, and others uh, announced for the class. Earlier this week, we had the chance to catch up with Pro Football Hall of Fame linebacker, Chicago Bears' own Brian Urlacher. (laughs) 
Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Pleased to be joined on Radio Road Super Bowl 57 here in Phoenix. Pro Football Hall of Famer Brian Erlacher and retired U.S. Border Patrol Chief Chris Clem joins us on Radio Road. Guys, Thank welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Yep. Happy to be here. How are things? Things are good for me. Um, got a nice weather here in Arizona. This is home for me, so I live here. So it's nice. To, it's the first time I've actually driven to Radio Row, and I had to get dropped off and not know where I'm going, so it's kind of nice to know where you're going sometimes. And congratulations Thank on your recent retirement. I appreciate yes. that. Yeah, that's uh, things are going well. A um, little over a month retired uh, after Are you bored? Yeah. <laughs> This week's, I'm not bored. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, no. It's a lot different, that's for sure. Are things yeah. going better here than on the border currently? Oh, you, know, <laughs> you know what? I, I, would, so. I would say that things are running smoother, at least from my perspective uh, today, than it was uh, a month ago when I left. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. What does the media get wrong about the border? Um, it's a, really a, a human issue on both sides of the border. Um, that this, uh, what, what you're seeing is uh, not always what, what happens. You've got people from... I'll just give you an example. When I was in Yuma, we had people from over 116 different countries that were coming in. Um, they were, they were, you know, turning themselves in. It was creating vulnerabilities um, to our national security piece. And what also is uh, is often uh, mischaracterized is one size doesn't fit all. What happens in Yuma wasn't happening in Tucson sector, which wasn't happening in El Paso, San Diego, or down on the valley, or the northern border. Um, they try to do a, 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 you know, a broad brush of what's happening. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Um, mostly families were turning themselves in in Yuma, but yet in Tucson sector, our neighbors uh, uh, to my uh, east and just south here of Phoenix, you know, it was it was mainly single adults evading apprehension. But you don't hear that story. The number of gotaways we've had over five million people come in in the last two years, and over a million get away. And what that causes is a lot of problems of the hard narcotics and things like that are getting in because we're not yeah. out there stopping the people we should be stopping. Why aren't you out there stopping them? Because we're too busy processing people turning themselves in at the border. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's a problem. You can't be out there because you're too busy to take so, care of the yeah. ones that turn themselves in. Four million of the five million are turning themselves in? Yeah. And a million get through? Pretty much. That's yeah. that's wow. the latest statistics. And, and that, you know, one of the things that's really, you know, prevalent to all of this is the men and women of the U.S. Border Patrol and law enforcement in general, you know, are out there trying to do their job. And uh, when, when this is happening, they can't do their primary mission, and they know that bad people and bad things are getting away. And we know that that poison, like fentanyl and other hard narcotics, is getting through. It's killing our, our people. That, that weighs on you over and over again. And then the human exploitation. You know, these people that are coming from all over the world are, are paying to get dropped off, to come across, and they don't even know what could happen to them mm -hmm. once they're out of our custody. And, uh, and that, that weighs on people. And uh, that's why we brought people like Brian and other uh, NFL legends down the border just to thank the agents, to, you know, check on their well-being, to say, hey, you know what, thank you for what you're doing, and uh, we're here to support you. What did you see, Brian, when you went? A lot of what he said. So we just, I went down, like you said, to just show the, the agents we do care about them. There are people that support them and what they're doing. Um, the stories that we got from them, I'm not going to tell you on here, but just the things that they're going through, they're seeing mentally, um, they're not just agents, they're caretakers, they're I mean, they're taking care of these, these babies are getting dropped off. They're getting dropped over the fence with notes on them and say, hey, call this number when you get me or uh, just things they shouldn't be doing. They should be out patrolling the border, what they're paid to do, you know, to take care of that, not processing people. But uh, we got to go. We saw up and close to personal on both sides of the border what's going on. We were on the river, so we saw what was going on on the Mexico side and our side. It's it just crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. And we went down a second time as well. We didn't see uh, We just second time was just to meet with the agents. Yep. We just trying to, we, it was a Christmas thing and just hung out with them. Like I said, to show them support that we do care about them and that we do, we are thinking about them. But the stuff's going down there should, should not be going on. 
How many times did you play against Tom Brady over the course of his oh, long man. career? Oh, man. So we played the Patriots my rookie year. I'm not sure if he was a quarterback then. Uh, we're, we're the same draft class, but I think I think he might have been the backup. It was Drew Bledsoe probably in that game. Might have been. We won that game. So one of the few we won my rookie <laughs> year. And then we played him so every four years. So uh, 2000, 2003 or four, 2007. So probably three times, I guess, maybe. It's a different position. But, you know, we all marvel at the longevity. 23 years. Of a, of a career like yeah. that. What, what, what do you think when you, you see 23 years at that level? He was a kicker. <laughs> you're, right? You're, you're a yeah. punter or you're a kicker. You don't think that it's a quarterback. Um, it's unbelievable to do what he's done and at the level he did it. I mean, you look at this year, he had 50-something hundred passes. I know it wasn't the season he wanted to have, um, you know, stats-wise and, and wins-wise, but 50-something hundred yards at, at 40, however, 45 he is. Well, I'm 44, so he's 45. Uh, unbelievable the, the, for the amount of time he did it for and, and the level he did it at. Uh, they'll, they'll never be another Tom Brady. I think that's pretty, not, I'm not going on a limb here by saying that. There'll never be another guy who played what, 10 Super Bowls, 11. I played in one. Yeah, I was like, I was like, like the, I, he won I seven. It. Yeah, yeah. one seven. I think he played in 10. I'm like, I, we went to one. I was like, yes, we made it. <laughs> you know, if he didn't go to the Super Bowl every year, it's disappointment. So that's yeah. just a different level uh, of what he was able to do. He had some great teams, great coaches, but man, uh, for, for as long as he did it, it's amazing. Are you. Uh, how do you feel about Soldier Field and what the Bears could be doing where they move? Yeah, man, I don't know how I feel about that. I've been asked that a few times. I cannot see them playing anywhere but Soldier Field. That's how I feel about it. You know, I, I played my whole career at Soldier Field. I can't see them. I don't know what they're going to call it. What do they call it? Soldier Field at Arlington Heights or Arlington Heights Field? I just, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm a Soldier Field guy. And then also talking about building a dome. I don't like that either. I mean, the Bears are built to play in the elements. I'm sure their fans, even though it's cold, they'll tell you they like to be out in the elements as well. It is one of the few things you have in your favor and you can use, you know, to level competition-wise in your favor when you're playing asphalt. It sucks. That weather is terrible. If, you don't, if you're from Florida, you come up there and play in December, you're not going to like it. Is there a connection to downtown? With that fan base, or is it uh, when you're no, a bear? Yeah. That is the team in it, that region, in I, that city. Is it everywhere, or is it you it's know specific everywhere. that the stadium needs to be downtown? So not a lot of people live downtown. So when when right. you play down, when you go to game in the weekend, it's people from the suburbs mostly, people from down south. They're all over the state. So I don't think it's centralized just to downtown. And so I don't think it'd be a big deal going to Arlington Heights. I just can't envision that. That to me is just different because there just should be a soldier field with the lake in the background. But I understand, you know, financially it makes more sense for the McCaskies to do that because they'll own the rights to the stadium then. You know, right now the city of Chicago owns it or the state, whatever whoever owns it. So they get a lot of the profits go to the city. So you were a hard hitting guy over the course of your career. Do you like where the game is today in terms of the rule changes? No, I don't like it. As a def former defensive player, it's annoying. You know, you can't have a, a receiver get off the line of scrimmage and get touched without getting a penalty call, especially on third and 15. Um, <laughs> it, it's unbelievable to see the things that are happening, but it's still fun to watch. I still watch. I still love the game. You know, it may not be the way I want it to be and some of the calls I don't like, but that's, that's the same. I like. The safety part of it, I think it needs to be done. You know, you look at the way these guys are getting banged up and the concussion things are at the forefront right now. My son's a high school football player, so I get it. You know, he got concussed last year. We, He was cleared to play, but we held him out, just wanted to make sure. But don't necessarily like all the rules, but you know what? That, I'm glad they're in place. Your son, I know he received an offer from Wisconsin, right? He recently? did, yeah, Wisconsin. He's got Iowa. He's got Penn State. He's got the 
University of New Mexico. There we go. He's yeah. got uh, Notre Dame. Lobos. He's got Washington, Arizona. He's got like 15 solid offers, man. What was recruiting like for you compared <laughs> to what it's like for him? I got one offer. I got the, <laughs> I got the University of New Mexico. I was like, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship. If you don't take it now, we'll give it to somebody else. I was like, oh, I'd love to go here. Yeah, Coach, <laughs> Coach Fran, I would, love to, I would love to it's play home. for you, Coach Fran. But, yeah, it's different for him. Uh, he's enjoying the process. And the thing, he's busted his ass to get here. And nothing to do with me. This dude loves to work out. He loves to train. He loves to do everything. So I, uh, it's all on him. Everything he's got is because of him. You did everything in high school. I played tons of sports, yep. track and field. Um, how much did that help you? Because that's, that's a lost art today. It with is. With kids. Everyone specializes early on. It's, you had a very different upbringing. Like yeah. a lot of people, you yeah. know, our, our age. older generation. Yeah, yeah, older. Yeah, we, yeah. Um, you know, I went from football to basketball to track. That was what we did. Uh, and now my son goes from football to football to track. And he'll run, you know, a couple track meets. But And I try to get him to play basketball, but he doesn't think he's good enough. But, yeah, I think you're more well-rounded athlete when you're able to do all those things. I think, I mean, Colleges like that, you know, they want athletes now. They want kids that can do a lot of different things, and they'll put you in a position where you're going to succeed. But I, th I think it helped me just be a, a more well-rounded athlete, along with any other players who do that as well. It's a, it's a helpful thing to be able to do a lot of different, uh, lot of different skills. Pro Football Hall of Famer Brian Erlacher, retired U.S. Border Patrol Chief Chris Clem. They've been our guest uh, here on Radio Row. Thank you for uh, the time. Is there a website for, for more on the border and, and initiatives to help out the, the mental health awareness? Well, we're, a lot of this is a work in progress, but if, you're, if people want to learn about what's going on, there's stats out there that the government websites have, uh, Customs and Border Protection, uh, CBP.gov will give you updated stats on what's happening, and people can tell, uh, tell their own story that way. Um, um, and then again, just, just supporting your law enforcement, specifically your border security agents. And, Brian, you're smoking some cigars tonight, right? Yeah, we're having the Ditka Gridiron Greats party tonight. I'm yeah. um, excited. Nice. My first year, Coach Dick is not going to be there tonight, so I get to they take a step down, and I get to step in and, and be <laughs> that guy. And, and Jaws will be there, Ron Jaworski, so there will be no uh, shortage of words with Jaws there. <laughs> Jaws can talk, man. He's fun. DickaJawsCigars.com yep. is the website for more on that. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Stay tuned. More coming from Radio Row, Super Bowl 57 coverage on Outkick 360. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Wrapping up what has been a fun week on Radio Row, Super Bowl 57, Eagles and Chiefs. Our um, coverage has been really, really fun this week, yeah. and we give predictions in just a moment. Shout out to the crew, uh, both here with us in Phoenix and back in the studio and beyond. Uh, Chuck and Corey and Haley, phenomenal job uh, all week long here, boots on the ground, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Glendale and everywhere in between, Chad. It's made been life very, uh, made life a lot easier for yes, us this week. And yes. did a terrific job. Um, shout out to Brooke and Davey and Colin, uh, Matt, Tyler, Dylan, Sleepy Danny, Moulton. Big thanks to Sagnick as well on the social end of things. Aaron, great job, man, with uh, the guest list, too. It's been, it's been a really fun week, and we couldn't do it without our crew. Yeah, huge thanks to everyone that helped make this possible. Uh, to have a week like this, you know, someone has to say yes 
to go yep. and, uh, and, and, and approve that. So we're thankful for that and thankful for all of our great staff uh, at OutKick. And who, again, none of this is possible without them. Our crew is helping break things down right now as we speak. They never stop working, the, and they've done a ter- uh, terrific job throughout. The, the crew as well, the, all the writers and editors at yeah. OutKick.com, uh, numerous. That's written about our interviews yeah, here at the yeah. Super Bowl. And, and Fox. Uh, great host with uh, the accommodations here with them having the game on Sunday. Um, big big thanks to everyone involved. Um, Chad, I'm going Eagles. I will say, I feel strangely apprehensive to stick with it and bet a ton on it because, not because the spread's a point and a half, I haven't heard many pick Kansas City. Todd Furman did with us in an interview you can check out online on the YouTube channel. But yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I really do. It's another one in the line of solid games for the Lombardi Trophy that's happened right here in Arizona. Do you have a score prediction? I do, 28-24. Wow. And I think it's a, it's a fourth quarter game. We did not um, check on our predictions at all before this. It's the first time, first time I've heard yours. The first time we're going to hear right, mine. Yeah. I have a very similar score, okay. but with the opposite team winning. Okay. I think Philly's been the best team in the NFL all year. I think that's going to show – on Sunday, I'm going to go Philly, and I think it's a good, really good game too. Philly wins at 27-24 over KC uh, on Sunday. And uh, like the rest of America, I'm looking forward to watching the matchup. And I do think that if, if the Chiefs win, well, it's because Patrick Mahomes was truly mind, special. I'm taking Philly. Uh, you and oh, I are oh, picking so the same you're team. T- Philly. Okay. I do feel apprehensive, though, because no one's picking the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't know why it's not – more down the middle than what it is, given yeah. the fact they have Patrick Mahomes. Give me the over six and a half catches for Travis Kelsey. That's the prop I really like in this game. How would you bet it? So I think A.J. Brown's going to have a big game. Yes, me too. Uh, he is currently plus 900 to score the first points in the game. I'm going to take A.J. Brown to come out of the gate strong and score the first touchdown okay. of the game for the Eagles. I like it. Plus 900 for A.J. Brown to do that. So that's the prop that I love. Chad, it's been a blast, man. Um, thanks to you, Hutton. It's uh, well, thanks to you as well. It's been, I think we said every day after the show, it's been very seamless throughout with the interviews and with everything going on. So it's been a blast, a pleasure. We uh, working with you once again on what is our? We can't do the math. Our what? Fourteenth or fifteenth? Super Bowl forty-two Super Bowl. was the first Super Bowl you and I spent together. Yes. And now we're at Super Bowl fifty-seven. That was in Arizona. It was. It was the t- David Tyree helmet that catch. Was our, that was the, the helmet catch has happened here, and the Malcolm Butler interception yeah. on Russell Wilson happened here. The Dallas Cowboys last won their title, their last title here in Arizona. The debut of Chutton took place here in Arizona at the Super Bowl 15 years ago, and here we are again. We're not <laughs> leaving. You continue. No, we're not. Waste management open tomorrow. Yes. Back on Monday at our home studios in Nashville, 6 and Peabody with Ehab here and Old Smoky Moonshine. We'll be recapping the game. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday on Fox. Join us at 3 o'clock Eastern on Monday to recap. Thank you, everyone.